Uh, Zach, are we like live, live, or are we um, just- We are live, live, baby. About that, I had no idea. 20 minutes of live, live. Complete bum. I'm Louis Rabot. How is everybody doing? <laughs> I had no idea we were going live. Uh, shout out to everybody who probably isn't watching. Uh, thanks for being part of the show tonight. This is Horse Music Happy Hour. Find us on Twitter, at Horse Happy Hour. Um, we're live on Twitch, uh, Twitter, and on um, YouTube. YouTube whenever we do these shows on Thursday. You can find me at Radio Louie on Twitter. Zach is at Zach Zaner. Zach uh, with an H there uh, as well. Short show tonight. Just wanted to kind of get into a couple of things. We'll get into a replay of last week's Starlet, um, which I think taught us nothing about the Oaks race and who's going to be qualifying for that first. Bob race. Baffert is back. That's probably not Eddie's won this thing, what, seven years in a row, something like that. And so I, I don't think we Oh, wait, it's like nine, show. isn't it? It was like a ridiculous uh, no, seven in a row. I was right. Yeah, seven. And so okay, there you go. I was like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I just we didn't really learn anything, but I do want to watch that yeah. replay. There was an article out this week, uh, a concept from um, from the Pollock Report and from that group over there uh, about transferring money out of Kentucky to California. Yep. I want to talk about that. I talked to Steve Bittenbender on my ESPN radio show here in Louisville uh, a couple of days ago about this issue itself and um, what he thought. And actually, he had a better solution, I thought, for California racing, which I'll get into in a minute. And of course, we'll look at both the Bayacoa and the Los Alfaturity out there at Los Alamitos race course this weekend there in Cyprus uh, in California. But first let's go ahead and go back at Los Al uh, closing race on Saturday. There was the grade two starlet and uh, the other, other Baffert uh, won the race in this one. Go with nothing like you who travels sweetly around by the five pole. Grazia wider on the track. Great 48 hugs the fence, continues to run a strong race, and Flynn's chances threading forward in the orange colours now gets to the outside and is running on. Three sixteenths from home, it's nothing like you, clear by more than two lengths. Great 48 second on the inside of Jatalis, Flynn's chances next. Now, Great 48 has ducked out and Chitalis was interfered with. It makes no difference to the winning result in the Starlet because nothing like you is coasting down the stretch at Los Alamitos to win in a breeze. Great 48 ended up at... So that was a really, uh, a really uh, a slow race. Uh, she did everything right. Uh, there's no yep. hint in there. Um, the only thing I'll and say as Louis that, says about every one of these races, this race is definitely a great predictor of the Oaks winner. No, not at all. No, that's, not, that's right. And so, no, it's, <laughs> but look, I mean, look, you, good spotting by Baffert, good ride, yep. right? Obviously, uh, who cares if you go five wide in the turn if you win the race? Um, and so, uh, good enough to win the uh, the $200,000 race there in the Starlet. And if so, he wins look, I mean, 10 in it, a row, do they change it to the Bob Baffert stakes? I probably should. I, it will be interesting, Zach, how many things in California will eventually be named after him. I mean, a it's lot. A I mean, it's yeah, yeah right. I mean, because like reasons, right? any any like controversial things about him will fall to the wayside for his record, like a lot of sports, whether yeah, you want to put quotes sports, or not, right? yeah, heroes, right? I, right? I, I think eventually the look back at Bafford will be that, um, that everybody was doing all the same stuff, and the hate on Bafford is is going to start to die down a bit. So, um, yep. you know, that kind of thing. So, I'm not. I'm not terribly worried about it, but um, also uh, yeah, uh, another crazy. double B Barry Bonds. Everybody forgets about all of the drug issues and just remembers what a great hit. I mean, maybe he was. Just, yeah, maybe people who care about Halls of Fame and that kind of stuff. But, you know, for me, yep. I don't I, and so, no, Baffert's Baffert's the best uh, trainer of two and three year old horses we've ever seen uh, thoroughbreds in the United States. So, yeah, no, it's not close. Wins another one there in the starlet uh, horse does very well. I, I, I just I didn't see a horse in this race that really. 
that tickled me, Zach. No one tickled me in this race. <laughs> I think uh, most of your quality was done earlier uh, at Santa Anita in the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Phillies uh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a better group there. Um, I think you're also more likely that, you know, your, your, your top Oaks runners are right now at, you know, fairgrounds or at, you know, maybe at, um, I don't know, Gulfstream, something like that. Who knows? But uh, maybe at Aqueduct, maybe going through that route as well. So uh, interested to watch that, but I do think uh, that Starlet was nothing to get too excited about. All right. So let's get into the second uh, issue of the day here. The second part of this show, I should say, and that is this article um, called view from the eighth pole. It is actually by Republic himself, California racing heal thyself. And so there was a, you know, there's, there's a bit of consternation. It's legitimate that um, the the purses at Santa Anita, you know, those uh, those main special weights are going to be reduced by $2,000 a race at mm-hmm. Santa Anita in the winter and by $7,500 at Golden Gate, right? And obviously they're closing Golden Gate. And there's mention of the KTDF, the Kentucky Thoroughbred Development Fund. And something I talk a lot about um, outside of this show, and I talk about it, you know, on the, on the, the more general sports show that I do because – people might not be aware of the the funding and how things work in horse racing is we've hit a, a point in the sports history. And I'm not saying it has to be like this forever, but it has to be right now where we need right. to know this is simply a standalone sport, but rather an industry. And that part of that will never go away. We need to think of it as an industry forever. The people that work in the barns, the, um, the breeding operations that are, that are out there, the people that grow the food for the horses and everything else down to the, the veterinarians and the jockeys and everyone else. Got to think of it as an industry. There are tons of people, literally uh, thousands and thousands, that just show up every day to hang out with horses at Churchill Downs, right? And so it's that kind of thing. Yep. You know, and obviously, we're looking at Los Al and, you know, San Luis Rey and San Anita and those spots in L.A. Same thing. Thousands of people. And so I think we do – we have hit a point where we need to think of this industry – excuse me, uh, of horse racing as an industry rather than just as a sport. And, you know, that's not a popular opinion, I think. I think that people are really bothered by – the Racino model where there's casinos backing it, or in this case in Kentucky yep. with that KTBF with the money coming from the historical horse racing. And I remember having a debate one time and not debate, just a discussion at a party with a guy in, uh, in Bloomington where Zach and I uh, went to school at the same time. And uh, the, the, the crux of the show or the show, the, the crux of the conversation was that uh, th- these guys that I met very nice were puppeteers for a living. And they were upset because they weren't getting federal funding for their puppeteering outfit. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking, I said, well, you know, if you were to get that funding and then the government's, you know, the, the party in charge would, were to change, what would you do? Because they'd probably cut you off. Do you really want to be relying on the government for those things? Yeah. And I should be consistent and hold that as my, you know, as my argument for horse racing. I should be very I should be stringent about that. And I'm not because now that I've been behind the scenes and I've been behind the curtain a little bit, if you will, and this is more than just a sport. It's an industry, like I said, and I think that we need to be in a growth mindset for sure. But right now we also need to be in a maintenance mindset. And I think you can do both. I really do. Yeah. Money from California, excuse me, from Kentucky to California simply isn't the answer. It's not a sustainable model. Uh, Eventually that's the kind of thing that will get overturned. Uh, I, right. I think a little while off in Kentucky, for example, politically at least, from any kind of change coming from the KTDF. Um, we got the governor was just reelected. The the parties, uh, the, the Republicans are not going to be out of control in the the House and the Senate anytime soon. And there are enough um, on the Republican side 
that just aren't going to touch this. There's, there's an element in Kentucky of, of, especially on the Republican side of people that are um, purely anti-gambling, anti-wagering, and uh, will, will look at all of horse, the horse business as, as a product of, of wagering. And um, that's probably never going away, but that is becoming more of a minority. We did get sports wagering in this state. It started in September. So it's not as though uh, Kentucky is moving backwards from the issue. It's California. As far as this issue. Yeah. And I mean, Texas struggles with that too, right? Like, yeah, Texas definitely does. Yeah. No. And these are major markets for us on this show, which is interesting. Um, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, Houston is a huge market for us on this show. And I appreciate all the people that listen in those places, but it's, it is watching those places struggle with how to do this. So for example, yeah. the horse culture is so ingrained that we run the sports books through the horse racing outlets, right? So all the tracks get several licenses and they, and they run it through that. And it's not a perfect system. I want to be very clear. I don't think it's perfect at all, but at least you're leaning on uh, a group of regulators that are already in place and you don't have to expand it and spend more money at the state level when these yep. things can just be put in place. We're talking already millions of dollars every month in tax revenue in a state, by the way, that has half the population of Los Angeles. <laughs> right. So yeah. This is the kind of place where that kind of funding in a place that needs like lots of states, you know, we have, we have pension issues. We have, you know, uh, education funding issues here in Kentucky. It's not different than other places. Those are things that are getting shored up um, by some of this, you know, sports wagering. It's going into those kinds of funds. It's there. It's pre earmarked to go into uh, those places, which is um, part of the reason that I think it was able to pass. But yeah, are there issues? The answer is, of course. But the the solution here is not to send money to California. Zach, when we were kids, so Zach grew up in Chicago. I grew up in the western part of Michigan. I don't know if you were how vividly you remember this, but there was all the conversation of how do we get water from the Great Lakes out west? Yes, they wanted to I run remember, a, literally a pipe, I like know. above ground pipe. Yeah, and I remember my dad three times in my whole childhood screaming at the news. And that was one of them. <laughs> well, less than a we decade ago, they were talking about water and all this stuff. Go ahead. They were talking about pushing the Mississippi out like to the ne- edge of Nebraska, yeah, Colorado. Right. That's right. And, yeah. and there were environmental people like and right. scientists, scientists like with every doing? right. were like, you don't know what that would do to the world. We have no idea. We've never done that massive of a redirection of water, you know, and and. Right. It's the same thing in a way with like the finances where like you hear these people who are like, oh, spread the money around. And it's like, well, you don't know what that's going to do to the industry. You need a a bigger group to be making those decisions. You can't just have every little government make the decision on how horse racing is going to be run. You know, you, you, not that the NFL should be put on a pedestal for anything, but at least in this case, that NFL model where you have an overarching you know, model of, of management of the larger funds and then individual funds managed by the teams, right? Like t-shirt sales, things like that. The teams can make difference in money based on that, but the overarching like share, it gets shared around. Sure. And it's fascinating. And this is where, um, the Confederate nature of horse racing, I don't know a better word. uh, No. Yeah, that's exactly right. State to state comes out the most right where if you look at the pictures in the past california was good i mean you you had everybody going to the horse races right yep and now it's become a bit of a um uh, i don't know i imagine there are there are plenty of circles in 
California and other places, not just California. We're talking about California. So, you know, I'm bringing it up where, you know, the, the PETA crowd or whatever crowd you want to call it has a lot of sway and people don't want to be labeled as being the horse racing people. Right. You know, whatever yep. it is. And, you know, with the with the rash of, of issues at Santa Anita years back, I could see that being absolutely part of it. I mean, still here, I, I, I you know, I'll go to an event at my kid's school. Like, okay, how's the horse racing going? Have they have they have they fixed the track yet? I mean, like people, that's what they that's what they hear about, right? And so I, I would not be surprised, <laughs> right? No, but seriously, that's you know that's what they hear about, and that's what um, is going around. The answer is no. By the way, there's still no turf racing at. By the way, Zach, that's the other thing that happened this week. Churchill made an alliance with uh, Royal Ascot to send horses who win races during Derby Week on the turf there to races in Ascot. Oh wow, that's a um not a small assumption that that dumpster fire of a turf course is going to be ready and not a small assumption i i i I don't know maybe i'm i don't know um and and by the way all of our older dirt horses are already going overseas for like races in dubai and saudi arabia and this kind of stuff yep and now we're gonna start sending our best older turf horses to england instead of having them run in the u.s also by the way let's be legitimately (laughs) like we were just at the dirt at the british cup excuse me and, and do you really think our American turf horses are just going to go over to Ascot and be fine? I mean, come on, let's be realistic. No, so, they're going to get asses kicked. Actually decide to go uh, over to Ascot to race. My guess is it's going to be a very small number of people um, who yeah. are doing that. It, it is, well, and it's, you know, it's different because they're, they're not as flat, right? Like they allow for country. Undulation, sure. Yep. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like, who was it? Uh, three, four years ago, there was a three-time winner of the Ascot that was like six years old, seven oh, years sure. old. Like yeah, sure. they train well, those horses to run forever. Time. Yeah, in, in a very small sample size at Kentucky Downs, right? And so yes. some of that European style stuff, but it's like six, seven days a year, right? So it's not as though right. we have, you know, just a huge <laughs> a circuit that exactly. you can run around. Right. And I've always wondered too if they shouldn't um, figure out a way for Kentucky Downs to run mini meets rather than just the one seven day or I don't yeah know, it, I mean, it's already a mini meet i shouldn't refer to it that way but anyhow um just that that's the other story but this getting back to this this pollock story and i and mm-hmm. i think he doesn't yeah. be really quick uh, really clear excuse me um just i i think there's more of an opportunity here for the tracks in california to finally forge those partnerships that they're going to have to forge yep. because this last election really exposed in California, the rift between the groups on wagering in that state. And it is, they're just going to have to go do it themselves. They're just going right. to have to figure it out, make a partnership, take a pay cut as far as the the slots or whatever that they're going to be able to set up at these tracks. Because otherwise, look, people are going to follow the money. And and, yeah. we went to and it was awesome. We had a great time. And yep. we love being in the neighborhoods. But I looked up what it cost to buy a house there. And you could fit a house in half of my basement and it costs twice as much as my house. It's right. just, it, and, and Turfway has bigger purses right now. I mean, it's just, it's it just, these are just facts. And, and so I just, they got to figure it out because, it, and we talked about it on this show and, and, you know, I know Sherv is listening and he'll crush me for this, but this isn't, <laughs> this isn't a good sport if Southern California is not involved. It isn't, it's not a good right. sport in this country if that part of it isn't great. Not just not involved. I shouldn't have used that word. I apologize. It should be it has to be great. San Diego has to be great. Del Mar has to have great meets. That has to happen. And and look, I know, I know it is so easy if you wanted to be a snob to look down at Los Al. 
But man, at the end of the day on a Sunday, isn't it nice that there's low sale? Isn't it nice? Yes. I think it is. Yeah. We yes. need we need those tracks to be as healthy as possible. We need those things to be as healthy as possible. You got an ownership group at, at Los Al that is aging and aged, and there's going to have to be a solution, or that place is going to go by the wayside as well. Louis Rabot hanging out with you, Horse Racing Happy Hour producer Zach, alongside tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us at Horse Happy Hour on Twitter. You can find me at Radio Louis. Um, let's get into the um, let's get into the handicapping for the weekend. A couple of graded stakes. They are both at Los Al this weekend. Los Alamitos. Damn right. Uh, you can check out our guy, Lowe's Ponies, out there as well. Um, the Friday race is the Bayacoa. Awesome field. I'm legitimately excited to see the seven horses, uh, Phillies and mares, going uh, a mile and a 16th. And then, of course, on Saturday is the Los Al Futurity. And we'll get oh, into the man. Los Futurity and what it means and, and what it is as a, as a race because, you know, on this derby trail, um, Zach, we <sighs> – <laughs> Again, we talk about those races that are good predictors of future success and the ones that um, are not. But that's a race with practical moves, slow down Andy, uh, McKenzie, more spirit, mastery, shared belief, Dortmund. I mean, legitimately good horses. Yep. Violence, I think, out of this race. Legitimately great horses have come out of this race for years. It was a grade one, downgraded to a grade two recently. Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. Let's start, though, on Friday with that Bayacoa, last race on the card at uh, Los Alamitos, the eighth. Uh, race of that day going a mile on a 16th uh, on their dirt course there a uh, couple of interesting horses in here so midnight memories is the one here for bob baffer coming off of a long layoff hasn't run since uh march uh, at santa anita and this is a horse that's four for six lifetime on the dirt uh on dry dirt i should say excuse me four for seven overall three uh, two two third place finishes and i worry about the layoff it's the only thing that baffert doesn't do well <laughs> that's mm-hmm. under 20 essentially uh for him and that's coming back after a six-month-plus layoff. And so I think this is kind of a soft spot for her to land. Juan Hernandez gets the ride here, who, by the way, six races, three firsts and three seconds at Los Alas. <laughs> These poor guys trying to make a living doing all the races at Los Al. Uh, and then these guys, Juan Hernandez, just swoops in for two races and picks them off. Um, so the one is interesting. Uh, the, the favorite's going to be Desert Dawn on the outside. And she is she's a great horse if you love horses that run second and third. She really is. Uh, nine finishes of second and third in 17 runs lifetime, three out of six this year. She's one win the last two years. And I want to give Trader Phil D'Amato credit here. This is where she should be. This is the level that she's at. She ran in the Breeders' Cup Distaff and, frankly, ran really damned well and had a real legitimate shot at the end to make a move, just couldn't catch up with Idiomatic in that one, was right behind Randomized and uh, Leda Vida and all that group. Lost by less than a, a length and a half. So mm-hmm. because of that, I'm going to lean on her. I think you can single here, lean on her at the end of that card, as opposed to trying to use Midnight Memories in this one. I think for Baffert, that's a bridge too far for her. I think I think this is a warm-up race to get her ready to go back to Santa Anita, traditional opening day, again, the day after Christmas, uh, out there in L.A., that I think she's getting set up for that. I think they're going to bring her back yep. here, let her get her legs under there. Does she hit the board? Yeah, maybe. I, I think she probably does, right? Six runs. Out of seven, she's hit the board in her lifetime. Uh, has one run the one time in March this year. But I don't think they don't bring her back if they don't think she's ready. She's been working really quickly. But not in, in something I like to point out about the Baffert horses. She's not working out in that traditional 5'6", five, 5'6", six, five, six furlong type of workout. He's got her cut back to four furlongs. So I think this is yeah. more of just a warm-up for her to get ready for more next year at Santa Anita. 
um, and then uh, see where she ends up. But like I said, Desert Dawn, this is where she should be, and I think she's got a legitimate shot to just pick this one up and, frankly, probably win for fun uh, if you wanted to. The next day at the Los Fal Al Fraternity is a, the same track, uh, excuse me, the same uh, course, mile and a 16th at uh, Los Al. They're running for 200K in the grade two. You know, Baffert's got three in here. He's got Winstock, who's the, the longest of the odds, broke his maiden in uh, in in October at Santa Anita, under Kyle Frey, keeps them out here. I like that a lot, actually. That's not something Baffert always does. Uh, he's willing to very much move around on jockeys. Which prime is in this race, the five? Flavian Pratt's in town to ride. Flavian's over two at Los Al in these big races, this this meet. And and Baffert mm -hmm. is two for three, <laughs> right? And so yep. Baffert runs a horse. Uh, it, they win uh, at Los Al. This is where he really got his um, kind of his start in California, of course, with quarter horses. Um, but he's also got wind me up in here. She, uh, he's the six horse. He's on the outside, ran in the BC juvenile. This was his horse on Friday that we thought if Baffert was going to win a race, this was it, right? He ends up winning. Yep. He ends up finishing, excuse me, eighth out of nine horses, almost 30 lengths back. So he was nowhere to be found. Now to be fair, fierceness beat everybody by about 30 lengths that day, but really he really wasn't anywhere uh, there. He didn't seem interested in the race. Uh, didn't seem to like it very much at uh, Santa Anita. He also lost the American Pharaoh before that. Now, that was a great one, and that was to Muth, um, and he did beat BU that day. Uh, was easily in that first group, not in the second group. But I'm going to throw him out today. I'm also going to try to beat Coach Prime, uh, who's coming out of a one-mile win at Del Mar in a maiden special uh, last out under Flavian Pratt by a billion miles. But so did Winstock, man. So if I'm going to use a if I'm going to use a Baffert here, I'm going to use Winstock to two, five to one on, on him. I think you're going to get every bit of that on Saturday as well. The other horse, though, that I'm fascinated by is Moonlit Sonata. That's a, a Timmy Actine trainee. If we're going to get a horse that eventually steps up and turns into something for the Derby that doesn't have to move Barnes, that doesn't have to change anything, yep. it's going to be Timmy Actine. And his numbers are getting better. It's interesting to watch his, his evolution. The poor guy was thrown in the in the spotlight with the with the uh, suspensions at Churchill Downs. And I, I wonder if it was a little too much and just having these horses earlier and not having to do all the switches and those things could be more interesting. Giovanni Franco gets the ride here on Moonlitz and out of the one horse on Saturday, 75 buyer is first out six and a half furlong. So he will stretch out, but that's what they do when they're two dad's Malibu moon mom's by distorted humor. He's obviously built just fine for this kind of distance and for mm -hmm. this kind of test. So I'm really I'm interested to see him. He's the one here. Like I said, son of Malibu Moon. This is the kind of horse that I'm fascinated with, that if he can keep it going, there's going to be no change in his lifestyle and anything that he gets. Um, you know, the Soma folks are going to keep him uh, with Tim throughout the spring. If there's going to be a Derby contender out of here, Zach, I would lean on Moonlight Sonata. And again, let me be really clear about this race. Here are the trainers that have won this race. Yakteen won it last year with Practical Move. I think that we say that number one. Doug O'Neill won it with Slowdown Andy. Slowdown Andy came back and had a very nice year as a three and four year old, right? So that that's a horse. Um, oh man, am I mixing him up? Hang on. He won it in twenty one, so he would have been yeah. So he was four years old this year. Came back, ran really really well in a couple of high level races. Spielberg the year before that. I don't know if people remember that. That was with Flavia and Pratt. And a thousand words before that. A thousand words, of course, in the twenty twenty Derby was the one who bucked himself um, and was scratched in the paddock uh, with uh, with trainer uh, with, with Jimmy the trainer. And uh, so just uh, made it to the Derby field, though. Improbable the year before that. McKinsey the year before that. Mastery the year before that. Uh, more spirit. Dortmund. 
All those horses, by the way, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row trained by Bob Baffert. So if he wins this race, don't be so stunned at yeah. all. Your belief before that, violence before that. Um, looking at Lucky, Pioneer the Nile, it's a mischief. This might be, and I'm not exaggerating, the best predictor of future success of any two-year-old race on the calendar. It just might be of, of absolutely high-level success in the future. So it's right. one to watch on Saturday because of that. And so make sure that you are tuned in for it. Um, a, a horse that I didn't even talk about in the Wells Health fraternity, by the way, is Stronghold. It's the other Phil D'Amato. Uh, he's got the, you know, he's got Desert Dawn on Friday. He'll have Stronghold on Saturday, son of Go Zapper, uh, homebred for the uh, for the for the Wallers. Didn't love the Bob Hope last time going seven furlongs. Had the lead for a little bit at uh oh boy. Half-mile pole right after that, something like that. Lost to Nisos. Nisos blew everybody away there. Finished second up the track. Keeps Antonio Fresu here. Uh, an interesting choice for the ride here. I think he'll be fine. But has been training at Los Al, which I do like. Um, he does have a bull at the last out, but has been over the surface. And Los Al does two things. It, it favors speed if you're, if you're able to sprint. But the other part is if you're coming off the turf, it's a very effective uh, course as well for many of those horses. Stronghold, mm -hmm. obviously. Has been running on dirt, broke his maiden at Churchill over the one mile course. So that's one turn. We are going two turns here for the first time, but uh, going back uh, to routes should not be an issue for him. Phil D'Amato does that at 19% with a massive sample size uh, as well. So if I had to guess, in the uh, somewhere in the one, two, and three horses here, I'm going to be looking for a winner and trying to beat the five and the six on the outside uh, for trainer Bob Baffert. So there you go. All right, Zach, what time are we at on the show here since uh, I have to switch? Uh, I'm 25 minutes. Yeah. Well, I think I did my job and Apologies for looking at <laughs> so. person. Uh, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, any questions for me, Zach? You guys got anything going on this weekend? Uh, we have. What do we have this weekend? Is so your life tomorrow? Just mine right now with everything that's going on. Yes, basically. <laughs> tomorrow, I do have a bourbon and poker party, um, well which it's high end. Uh, the person who's running the party said, he wants minimum $50 bottles. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. For a bourbon party, that is like, Hello. okay, we're going to pull out the stops then. Let's go. Um, $40 Uber ready. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go to that. And then uh, next week, we take the RV to Maryland. So um, we'll, we'll do another trip and pass like far south of you in Nashville. There you go. Um, by the way, uh, the Los Al meet closes on Sunday, and so they'll run the uh, the glory uh, the King Glorious, excuse me, uh, on Sunday. Uh, that's a cool race. I just got the uh, the past performances from that one uh, from the folks at Los Al, and um, that is a man. It's a cool race. There's a bunch of a bunch of horses in there. It's one called Size Does Matter. That uh, is just a name that makes me smile. That's all. Uh, <laughs> in the same race. In the same race as Gentlemen's Club. So apparently they got dirty minds out there in California. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I'm Louis Rabot. He's producer Zach. We're going to get out of here. We're going to pay the tab. Uh, we will see you next week on the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Um, Zach, I, man, go ahead and play the music, but I am a busy man here. We got a we got a head basketball coach is probably going to be fired tomorrow. So uh, nice. Be a lot of radio this weekend. If you were interested in such things, uh, you can check me out on ESPN Louisville 10 to noon every, every weekday. Uh, ESPNLouisville.com. Uh, you can even ask your smart speaker to play uh, ESPN uh, 680. And um, yeah, you can find us here. 40 Minutes of Pod, part of that uh, first-gen uh, series as well. Yeah, uh, that is a great podcast. 
I will have new Derby rankings out uh, this weekend uh, after the Los Al fraternity, and I will take the Los Al fraternity winner and second place horses into consideration for that. Louis, I'm, I'm calling out um, Jay Davis uh, okay. from this podcast. If he doesn't cover Giannis Ballgate that this week on 40 Minutes of Pod, I'm going to be really sad. Okay, <laughs> what? I want thoughts on that. Podcast. Why would we talk about Giannis? Why not? <laughs> that was it, it's it's college basketball adjacent. I mean, that was a hilarious slash disgusting thing. So there you go. All right. I'll ask Jay. Later. Thanks for hanging out. my favorite part. <laughs>